because you're jumping back into the gut. All right. Hey, Coach. Welcome to the Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Oliver. I appreciate you joining us for this week's podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit basketballimmersion.com for more coaching resources and access to all the basketball podcasts. I hope you will give us a shout out on social media, on Twitter at Bball Immersion, or on Instagram at Basketball Immersion to help me continue to share the game. Enjoy the episode. Hey, coach, and welcome. My name is Jen Oliver, and I'm excited to be hosting the Basketball Podcast today with guests Chris Oliver and Alex Sarama. Chris is the founder and creative mind behind Basketball Immersion, and Alex is now a do-all contributor that has helped take Basketball Immersion to an even higher level over the past year. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Fun to be here. I mean, I'm really going to enjoy not being the host for a change. <laughs> Reverse roles. I'm uh, excited to to see this, but great to be uh, on and really looking forward to uh, a lot of interesting discussions today. Well, and Alex, we haven't really done a podcast with you since you joined Vasco Immersion and uh, since you were a young buck. I think you were episode 19, if I remember, a long time ago and uh, great to have you back on as well. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. I, I remember that episode. It was, uh, I think it was about two years ago when I was in Madrid, still with the NBA. And obviously, a lot, a lot has changed since then. So great to be back on. A lot has oh, changed. It's sure. so great. Well, I love origin stories. And on that, I would love to hear. I don't think most people realize how basketball immersion started back in 2014. I was there for all of it, and I think it would be great if you could share a little about that summer that we before we traveled around the world uh, and where you are at now, Chris, with this amazing brand. Well, seven years later, and I don't think most people understand that Basketball Immersion was started in 2014, and uh, you know the original idea was just to, to be able to share authentically what I do in practice and. Uh, from our experience in traveling the world with our then two and four year old daughters, you know, I think we learned a lot more about not just the business side, about how to run an online business, because Jen, you and I were going through this together with our with our online brands, but also because, uh, you know, I got a chance to visit so many practices around the world and gain tremendous confidence in the ideas I was sharing and that there was a real need for me to be able to share more things on decision training and games approach to coaching, small-sided games, and a lot of these areas that we dive into deeply in basketball immersion. I love that. I mean, I I don't know how you first came along and found basketball immersion, Alex. I would love to hear how you came across it at first because you were in Europe and you've been there the whole time. Yeah, I was just trying to think, Jen, what I was actually doing in 2014. And uh, I was a 19-year-old history student <laughs> at university at the university of nottingham then in the uk originally but uh yeah i mean my my coaching journey started young and i was lucky to discover basketball immersion um i think in about 2015 or 16 and i believe it may have been an article on three-man weave which i first came across on the blog and it it really aligned i mean i didn't know a lot of the the evidence and the science back then but it Everything that Chris was talking about in the article, it just aligned with what I felt um, and it made a lot of sense. So I stumbled across that. And I think for any coaches listening, don't worry, because we will have some uh, band of three man weave t-shirts coming out in the not too distant future. Can't wait for those. Yeah. 
That's so fun. That's so fun. I want us to dive deeper into some of these concepts because I was that person who first had no idea that the three-man weave was not maybe the best thing to do in practice. And I know I did it tons with the coaches that I had. And some of the concepts that Chris started talking about when he began basketball immersion, I didn't even realize he had been using for the last 20 years watching him coach. And I didn't realize that's what was going on. So what are some of these concepts? I mean, Chris, where did you start? How did you kind of decide what you were going to talk about in basketball immersion and how it was different than what was out there? Well, I mean, I progressively learned that it was different than what was out there. I mean, certainly I'd been to a number of practices uh, through all of my years and I had seen different types of practices and, you know, there's different ways to be successful, but what aligned with me from a very young age, and this is basically when I did my master's degree when I was 25, was this, these skill acquisition concepts revolving around decision training. And just realizing what an underserved thing that was, the reality is that we spend so much time as coaches on developing skill, 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 and building it. And then we expect players to be able to apply those skills in game situations without ever having them been coached within the context of those game situations. So, so much of it for me. And, and again, I think a lot of coaches learn the most from their players. So where I really felt that this connected was my first, you know, college coaching career, university coaching career at Queens University, where, you know, I got a chance to get to know players and talk to players at that level and say, hey, listen, does this align with you too? And uh, so many of them just enjoyed practice a lot more when we played basketball. Well, Alex has been uh, instrumental in so much of that we've done in basketball immersion since he joined, you know, over a year ago. And uh, I can't say enough, Alex. I mean, it's just been amazing to have you. And uh, Jen and I like to talk about this is that, you know, you're at the point that I was 25 years ago or whatever it was, but now we have technology and we have all these resources and all these things that we can do these things. And you've just dove headfirst into every part of basketball immersion and not just learning, you know, obviously our basketball concepts, which you know a lot of, but learning the business side. So maybe just give us an idea of some of the things that you've gone through in terms of uh, joining basketball immersion. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. I think, you know, I've a, a, it's been a whirlwind since I can't believe it's a year already. It, f- it feels like it's been six months. But um, I think for me, the, the biggest thing I've enjoyed the most has just been connecting with hundreds and hundreds of coaches all over the world. And for me, the, the biggest thing I'm passionate about is, is making a difference and just trying to improve um, coaching delivery and the experience players are getting all over the world. And I feel like we're in such a privileged position with immersion to be able to do that and have such a big impact on what's being done in thousands of practices across the globe. A lot of people, even if they follow the podcast and are big basketball podcast fans, I don't think they completely know about all the concepts and different unique ways that you guys teach basketball in the modern game. I mean, what is BDT? What is the game's approach? Zero second skills training, all that stuff. It's kind of like you throw it in there, but if you're not in the site or you're not really following it, you don't really understand those detailed pieces. And those are the things that have the biggest impact. So maybe you can share a little bit about those concepts. Well, BDT, basketball decision training. I mean, the easiest way to coaches think about it is I say BDT shooting because shooting seems to be the easiest way to kind of figure it out. But it's a bridge between on-air practice, which means practice without an opponent offense or defense and a bridge between that and 
playing live offense versus defense basketball, which obviously we support. So BDT has been one of those things that it's like, how do you incorporate decision making without playing live and different things that, uh, you know, Alex and I have shared certainly through, you know, different types of visual cues, but also into guided practice and how do you add or simulate an offensive or defensive player to be able to help your players connect not just skill, but connect perception, decision, and skill together to be able to apply it. And I think we've, we, we miss that a lot as coaches that we, we, we don't all often realize that before skill, perception and decision happens first. So are we training that? And to me, those two things are almost more important. And the challenge I throw out there for coaches to think about is if your players are shooting a layup, do you really care what type of layup they shoot, or do you care that they made the right decision to shoot the layup? And often it's the right decision that leads to the right outcome. And that's really what basketball decision training is. I love that. I love that concept. And it's something that we don't always think of because we're focused on other things. So I like that you brought that out. And that leads into your games approach and all the other pieces that you teach because, and this is something I for this idea, how different it is practicing on air versus practicing five on five or having that opponent there. Yeah, that's so true, Jen. And this week I was actually just going through a, a list. I was just doing a reflective, I do some journaling every day. And I was just going through things, really small changes that coaches could do to have a dramatic effect on skill retention, etc. And simply adding a defender is obviously one. And I think you see so many one-on-zero type formats, players doing finishes, et cetera, and even high-level players doing that stuff. And just literally, instead of the coach, you know, standing off the court, arms folded, just by standing in the smile in the charge circle and just being there as a body, it reduce, it can reduce the success of a layup attempt by like 40% in some cases. Um, we obviously, Chris just spoke about the BDT, but then another one I think is just spot shooting, which went on my list. And we still see so many um, situations where coaches kind of say, "Bang, you know, let's bang out these reps. Let's get 50 reps or whatever, start shooting. And just such small changes by just adding some variability, maybe shooting an NBA range three, then a normal three, maybe changing, uh, moving half a foot to the side, passing from different locations. It's so, so many small, simple things coaches can do, which have a dramatic effect on how the players develop. And I think, you know, when you look at immersion, it's Chris and I have spent years and years researching and learning about the game. And, you know, now I spend four hours every day, either reading, looking at studies, watching stuff. And I think it's just accelerated development. That's what a lot of the members who I speak with regularly, they say, you know, maybe they could have figured something out, but it would have taken five or six years. And we're really doing all the research for you and presenting it in a really digestible manner to just speed everything up and make it as efficient as possible for coaches to understand like what a constraints that approach is and then immediately apply it with their team. Yeah, it's such a great point, Alex. I'm glad you said that. And Jen alluded to that earlier about investing in yourself. And, uh, you know, we've made it easy to do that because we've done all the work for you that you just need to go to one place and 
I mean, I remember growing up and Alex, you wouldn't remember this as much, but learning through VHS tapes or, you know, clinic tapes, wherever I could get them or books in the library and different things. I had, I think about all the variable ways that I learned. And I do wish there was really this one stop place where I could just go and learn and not spend this $39.99 on this random DVD that I may, may be good or may not be good. You know what? We have hundreds and hundreds and thousands of testimonials about basketball immersion and, and the value for you as a coach. So uh, we're, we're really proud of that. As you should be, definitely. You have done a lot to help coaches. And I think keeping it as simple as you have, and now with the courses, and it's going to be really fun for for coaches to feel like they're investing in themselves and they're getting the results because they're learning concepts, right? And they're able to implement them. And that's what you guys do a really good job of is helping people implement those concepts, not just about learning them and knowing them. It's about, hey, let's do this and then look back and improve or whatever the case is. So yeah, an NBA uh, assistant coach actually texted me the other day who's a member and just just said how valuable it was that they could get right to the point and that they could find something that would stimulate what they do. It, they didn't take exactly what I do and do it with their players, but they took the concept, they took the idea and they adapted it. And I wish I could share it because it was just, it's a really cool kind of improvement or add on to what they currently did because of the content that we shared. And that, that was really cool to see. Yeah, that reminds me of, I think it was someone in New Zealand or where that tweeted you the other day and they said Iceland. they put your play in at the end of the game. Iceland, put your play in at the end of the game and then they won. That's so Love cool. It. I know. And, uh, you know, we're going to start. So I encourage coaches, if you use one of the plays that we've shared on social media to, uh, to uh, you know, send us a DM or something like that and let us know that you used it. And, uh, you know, I just put the side by side, the original play I shared and then the play that led to the win. And and, and the coach, Danielle Rodriguez, she told me that she saw the play like two days before and then she put it in and then, yeah, it, it, it was big time for them. So it was fun. So fun. Yeah, that's so great. And I love that. I mean, you sharing something free on social that someone can really implement right away. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. And that's the foundation ultimately. And I think that's the hard part. And Alex and I maybe can talk a little bit about some of the barriers for coaches. But one of the biggest ones is that how do I know it works? right? Like, how do I know this random practice repetition without being repetitive, you know, BDT games approach, small sided games, all this stuff, how do we know it works? And it's like, well, there's evidence behind it. And all of it relates to transfer and what actually transfers for a player more than biomechanical information. What we know transfers to a player to competition is the perceptual side of things. And that's the connection that's often missed when we do these on air drills. And we talked about three men weave, and I'm not here to knock that, but you know, essentially, why are you doing something that isn't helping your players improve and helping your team win? And the part that coaches don't necessarily connect with right away is understanding the value of perception. What do I see before I actually make the decision? And then what leads to what decision I make leads to the skill application? Yeah, that perception action coupling process. I mean, it's everything you fire up within immersion, whether we're sharing content on YouTube or on our site, I think coaches will see how in everything we do, pretty much that perception action coupling process is, is integrated. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of talk in, especially in recent times about constraints that approach and only games approach. And I think, you know, with us, it's all about striking the balance. And I think it can be sometimes very confusing, especially for younger coaches thinking that, 
absolutely everything has to have a defender and everything, absolutely everything has to be live. And, you know, at Immersion, we definitely don't believe that. And I think it's, to us, it's like, okay, you can still create random practice doing it on air. And, you know, there's a video on YouTube, I think it's the BD, BDT post play. And that can still be valuable in certain situations, especially to novice players. Um, and I think just getting the balance and getting the perspective is, is critical. Well, I'm glad you said that because there's another thing like on-air reps and repetitions, that's all good, man. You got to do them. And we kind of distinguish that a little bit and say that like for so many of our coaches, especially consulting that I've worked with NBA and college coaches and pro coaches overseas, the one thing that I constantly ask them is, can players do this without you? Like player-led development has got to be a huge part of it. So a lot of those mass reps that players really feel value from that's something they do on their own. Like these on-air dribbling routines. That's great. Players should do that on their own though. If a coach is involved in practice, then it should be connecting somehow perception and decision and skill. And again, that doesn't have to be live. As we said, that can be through guided. It can be through cues, but that's our value as a coach is that we connect those things. Our value as a coach is not coming into the gym and telling our players to do 10, one dribble pounds and 10 between the legs and different things like that. We can prescribe that and tell them to do it on their own. And that is our value for sure, is helping them understand those progressive ways to be able to load and develop their skill on their own. And that's player-led. Coach-led, it should be connection of what we want to connect and transfer to the game. Yeah, and I think we'll have to do a whole podcast just on player development ideas. And, you know, a lot of coaches say, well, how can you add decisions if it's if it's just one player in, in the session? I think that's why it's critical just here at College Basket, you know, we tried to move more to instead of just having individual players working with a coach, just having small group sessions because the value you get from that and what you can actually do is just so much greater. And um, I, I've just been working on reframing kind of all my player development ideas recently. And I'm working on this idea of kind of grouping of checklists and grouping things into create, keep and convert. So it's all linked to the idea of creating an advantage. And I just think so much of the player development we see traditionally in the Barca world is trainers doing moves, very typically explicit, demonstrating a perfect way of doing things. And just something that I've been playing with recently is just the def- having a defender there or some type of body. It, it just it reveals whether a skill can be withheld and if actually something makes sense. Um, for instance, just last week, I was working on a, a via finish. It's... Coaches call it a veer finish. It's kind of when you step in and then to a defender, to, if they're on your hip, to gen- initiate the first contact and then step out to create separation. But it's like I put a defender in and straight away I realized that uh, the player who was trying to do it was against a much bigger body and it just didn't make sense. And I think sometimes when you just put a defender in these situations, you quickly figure out as a coach whether the thing you're working on actually makes sense. I love that. And I think one of the overriding things that comes through in what you're saying and what we're both trying to share is this concept of practice needs to be mindful and not mindless. And that's really the case, right? Where you you can do on air, you can do one on O, but somehow we've got to make it mindful and not this mindless where they may have to think on the first two or three repetitions. After that, they don't have to think at all. 
And uh, that is ultimately, I think, the next level for so many coaches is to really understand that process of how to make every workout and every practice mindful for players. Mm-hmm. I agree. And actually, I think that that's something I want to ask about. If you are a coach that is has been doing things for, let's say, 20 years the same way, it, it almost does become mindless as the coach, too. And you don't realize that you're just doing the same things over and over. So where, how do you suggest a coach that has been kind of going through the same motions starts if they're really a little bit nervous or not sure how to implement, like what's the beginning step? What's first step? Hey coach, I know I've told you about this before, but bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA college basketball and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers award shows, TV and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your sports book experts. Please use promo code ARMCHAIR at checkout. Maybe I'll start with that one, Jen. I think being in Europe as well, I think it's it's the old world. And I think, yes... Mm. Elements of European basketball are terrific, especially just the, a lot of the tactical stuff, which we're sharing on you know, YouTube, Twitter, incredible stuff. But I think when it comes to the training environment, I would say we're actually quite old school in certain things here. And traditionally, you know, as coaches, it's, we kind of rely on hand-me-down methods over the years as opposed to actually going off empirical evidence and then combining that with our own experiences. I think the biggest thing we would say is just to try it. Try something different in the workout and experiment and just have the bravery, which Chris mentioned earlier on in the, in the podcast, to mess around and experiment with your practices, even if it doesn't look good. It's totally okay because you have to start somewhere. And, you know, I'm sure if, if coaches looked at the first time Chris and I tried a lot of these things years ago, maybe the first time we started doing games approach, of course, it looked very, very different to how we do things today. And just being brave enough to try is is a great start. I tend to relate it to, and I love that connection there, Alex. I tend to relate it somewhat to a quote that I learned a long time ago about bringing a team together. One of the most cohesive ways to bring a team together is obviously through shared struggle, that they have this shared experience, this shared struggle. And I would say that's the other thing for those types of coaches, Jen, is that in our community, we have people that have gone through the struggle. Like, you know, my veterans used to be able to help my newcomers to my team and understanding, you know, when they kind of turn to a veteran and they go, is this for real? We're just going to play in practice. And then the veteran says, Hey, listen, yeah, no, I've gone through this. I struggled with it. I didn't quite get it at first because I was used to this traditional way. And now it's this. And uh, that's such an important part of this community that we've created. We've always had our mastermind group, but now with the new website, we have this ability to be able to connect and collaborate and network directly with coaches from around the world at different levels. And there will be someone when you post a question, again, that takes bravery, but that's the process that's the most important. And Jen and I can talk about this too, about how important questions are. You post a question there will be someone who has gone through that shared struggle and they will be able to help you get through those moments, which I think is so important in our community. Yeah, so true. And I think just the last point to add to that, Chris, is I think sometimes, especially in traditional environments, coaching can be a bit like a hierarchy, you know, top to bottom. And I think 
as coaches, we have to be vulnerable, especially head coaches, and not just vulnerable in our learning, but being open to trying new things and just uh, just getting out there and and looking at new ideas and not being afraid to implement and experiment with things, no matter how long something has been done a particular way. And if it seems like we're obsessed with practice, it's because we feel and we've learned, and as many of you have learned, is that you spend the most time with your players in practice. So think about a practice every day is a horrible, boring experience for your players. Like athlete satisfaction and athlete engagement has to be a part of it, especially in modern coaching. Like they want to get better. They want to improve. They want the team to win. You know what they also want to do? They want to have a positive experience. And most of that comes back to they want to see themselves improving. And so many coaches can just improve the experience for their players if they spend more time, as we said, in this mindful practice, this engagement through offense versus defense, games approach, small-sided games, whatever you want to say. And that's such a huge part of it too. Jen, don't you don't you want to enjoy practice? I do. <laughs> and you did. And you did. I did. Yeah. yeah. And it's so fun to be able to watch and, and to spend time, obviously, with my daughters at their age and be able to say, hey, listen, you know, because it is a fine line, even with them to be able to say, hey, listen, I can teach you something. But how about if I just show you something and then you figure it out? And that's really the balance that we try and come up with within, you know, our coaching is that process of saying, OK, listen figure it out because it's better if you figure it out than I tell you. And th that doesn't mean they don't need implicit instruction. It doesn't mean they don't need instruction. It just means that, you know what, we, they don't need as much instruction as sometimes we think. Yeah, well, I absolutely. think it's, uh, I think it's common that we as coaches or someone who's in charge or directing or telling, we want to give them all the details. Well, if this happens, go this. Oh, well, if this happens, go this and this, and, and then we get the whole practice can just be all these what ifs. And we just need to know that trial and error and we'll see right and being there to create that environment is the most important yeah and that's important sometimes absolutes are important that's not to say don't give your players absolutes hey this is it absolutely has to happen absolutely go for it there are those moments and there are those things in coaching that do exist but by and large as we talked about with alex about the finishing you know what do they have to use one of my daily dozen finishing moves or can they just score you know, and figuring out how to score goes beyond a just a biomechanical movement. A lot of it, again, comes back to perception and decision. No, no doubt. And I think, you know, I was just doing something yesterday on some pick and roll against the drop coverage. I was introducing that to some of our under 16 players. And going back to the point you guys mentioned on figure it out, we started off, I had to show them what the drop coverage was. And I didn't give the offense any solutions at first. I did want I literally did want them to figure it out, so to speak, but we were just talking about the defense. But then it, it does take some, as a coach, you have to be a little bit thick-skinned because, you know, the head coach of the team was there watching the GM and it looked really, really, really bad. I mean, it was five reps, which are absolutely horrendous before we got something which looked even close to a coverage solution. And, you know, figuring it out, it's, it's not going to be instant and it's not going to look perfect straight away, but you just got to stick with it. It's so funny. I've had coaches that have been in the game for 50 years, like older coaches. And then we have young coaches and, you know, it, 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 that is such a consistent thing is that how do I explain to people, parents, administrators, players, what we're doing? 
because often that's the first resistance. It's not the coach. It's the reaction of people around them that come and say, well, what is this? This doesn't look like basketball practice. What do you mean? We're playing basketball. We're actually playing basketball. And that doesn't look like basketball practice because they're used to seeing all this structure in terms of drills and lines and waiting and take turns and uh, none of this unpredictable, messy and chaotic. And uh, that's such a part of it. That's it, Chris. And with the pro guys I work with in the summer, it's actually, I do like a five minute, very basic presentation on motor science and how we train just because it, it's almost like a disclaimer. This is going to be very different to all the block stuff that you've previously done. And I, I typically get my cups of water to talk about random versus block and how you're going to make mistakes and everything. But you almost have to do it in a way because some of the stuff, if you've grown up in the classical environment, it is so different. Yeah, I give a disclaimer every basketball camp or every coaching situation just to tell them, hey, this is what it's going to look like and this is what you're used to. But this is all based on evidence. And if you want to learn more about the evidence, I'm happy to share it or I'll send you a link or different things like that. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite disclaimer stories is when I taught my coaching class and I used to go into class day one and I used to say to all the students, I said, listen, I can change all my stories to field hockey and rugby and everything like that, but you're still going to know I'm talking about basketball. So I'm just going to tell a lot of basketball stories. Are we good with that? So don't come back later and tell me, Hey, listen, you know, oh, coach told too many basketball stories. I'm like, I can change the names to field hockey or whatever it is, but it's basketball. And I think disclaimers are really important for coaches in trying to share a lot of methodology or a lot of change like that. And sometimes we don't do that enough. Yes, such a good point. And prepping people is always good. One of the things that I want to hear more about is this idea of constraints. You talk a lot about this. And I remember at first when I heard you talking about it, I was like really intrigued going, I want to hear more about that. Now I know, but I think it's a word you use a lot. And I would love to hear you two kind of explain that and how you use it. Well, I'll let Alex explain this, but uh, just the one thing is that, and I think this is what you felt too, is that when you hear the word constraint, you think it's a negative, right? Like it just has this negative connotation. It's kind of like constructive, you know, constructive feedback or criticism. Like we go to negative, but these things are actually positive and uh, constraints are such an important part of coaching. Yeah, I, I think a big barrier too to constraints that approach is a lot of the language that's used in it. And it's very sciencey a lot of pretty difficult uh words to understand so i think at emotion we've really just tried to strip it down to the to really the essence of what it is um so getting coaches to imagine the a triangle and we got three types of constraint either task constraint environmental or individual so if i just start with the latter an individual constraint that could be short term or long term so uh short term could be things like the player's mood their, how well they sleep, their fatigue level, perceptual skills. Whereas longer term things could be uh, their height, wingspan, weight, et cetera. So those are our individual constraints. Then we've got environmental. And uh, Mark Sullivan, a coach in Sweden, he gives a good analogy for this. Imagine there's a player living on the top story of a 32 block, a 32 story block of flats, and there's a basketball court right next to it, or a player living on the ground floor. That's a great example of an environmental constraint. But then we have other things like the height of baskets, climate, humidity, et cetera. But the one the coaches have the most control over is the task constraints. And those are things like the space you're playing in within a particular small side of game, the number of players, the rules, could be something like guided defense. And this is where um, 
the idea that it's the interaction of these three things which leads to new skills emerging. And a lot of coaches recently, have, when they talk about constraints, I think, as Chris just said, they only talk about the constraints being a limiting factor, i.e. players being constrained to only swing with their left hand. Yes, that is one type of task constraint, but we've got to consider the bigger picture. And with coaches, and a lot of the consulting stuff I do, I always use an analogy. Imagine there's a rondo, maybe like a four against two passing game. If you don't know what that is, you can just head to the immersion site. Well, imagine if the two players in the middle, Yanis uh, Santetokounmpo versus maybe two Chris Pauls. And these will lead to different affordances for skills and actions emerging. Yeah, it's, it's such great examples. And uh, it's simpler than coaches think, I think, when they hear that. And it blends nicely with you know, whatever you do, it's not, this is not a, you know, a, an all do this type of approach. Like it blends in with what you already do. And that's something that we talk about, about adding to what you do is this is something that does it. And so many examples, obviously on the website about using constraints and how to use them. And uh, the simplest analogy that I use to explain it is that basically it's like going to the buffet and today you're only eating at the salad bar, you know, because again, basketball is a complex sport. It's, it's not simple and we can't just go say, hey, games approach and now do whatever you want. No, we go games approach and say, hey, listen, today we're only eating at the salad bar. Well, the next day you can eat at the salad bar, bar and the pasta bar. And then we build up and Alex, I want you to talk about this is a loading. We load so that they continually challenge themselves. They struggle and they have to fight for their learning, but also that, that this leads to progressively giving them, you can eat anything you want at the salad bar. Or yeah. sorry, at the at the at the buffet. Yeah, and I think that's it, Chris. Because too much of a game's approach, it's actually not a good thing if you're not actually manipulating and adding these constraints that we've just spoken about. Because players, it's it's like the snowball effect that that Doug Lemoff spoke on on the podcast. If if you let players just do the same things, they're not going to actually pick up these new skills. They're just going to resort to what they always do, and it, then it becomes that bad habit like a big snowball rolling downhill, it's impossible to stop. So loading is just one way we can manipulate and add different constraints. And I think traditionally as coaches, we uh, a lot of loads can be uh, seen as simple progressions. For instance, using a one-on-one start to then going two-on-two, three-on-three. Yes, you can do that, but I think we are a lot more non-linear, so to speak, in our approach in terms of we could go to five-on-five down to two on two, maybe when we play some two on one, three on three, whatever. But loading is simply when we add a new constraint. So let's let's say we picture a one on one with a static advantage start. Maybe the defender is standing next to the offensive player. Now we could just load in some different task constraints. It could be finishing with the weak hand. It could be finishing off two feet. It could be finishing using the net only. But then we may load in some BDT, some basketball decision training. So there could be a, another player who gives their hands up to cue a kick out, relocate, play off a second one-on-one. Maybe then we might load in a second player in a different location than the second defender. So there are so many different loads we have. And I think the biggest thing that, that we say with coaches is you don't need to have all these different drills. And I think especially the big one to me is these transition drills, which a lot of coaches use. And I think the problem is when sometimes players associate particular drills with particular things that they know you want to focus on. And instead, we want to have our practice environment a little bit more complex and chaotic. So 
to be honest, I don't really have many transition drills, but I just load in transition to a lot of the things I'm doing. And it's way more random because players are always going to be in a different position every time. And then we can really check for understanding because the different phases of the game and critically seeing if skills can be retained if they make a transition trip and then come back and recreate the same situation. Great. Thank you. And another thing you talk a lot about, guys, is five on five and time on task. Can you connect these concepts for us? Well, I'm glad it's it's perfect because what Alex just talked about is is so important for coaches to understand. And that's sometimes that you should start with the end, not start from the beginning and build up. You should start from the end and see where you're at and be able to decide what you need to work on from there. And think about this in terms of progressions. Progressions, I feel, are a time killer. They take away opportunities to get to what's important because we have these predetermined progressions that we follow as a coach because we plan so well and we know we do this before this, before this. How about if we just start at the end, five on five, and then see what we need to work on and then work back from there. And that's what Alex is talking about and what he connected so well about it being nonlinear. Like every every practice, we would start with five on five almost because it would help me understand, hey, listen, we struggled with this yesterday. Let's start with this in a five on five context and then see if we need a drill, which I call reconnections. I need a drill to be able to reconnect the ideas for them because ultimately it's all about teaching, connecting and transferring. Does it actually help them in the game? And uh, time on task, which is their ability to be able to be actively learning. You learn by doing, by having them physically practice. So that concept gets maximized when we work from the end and then only use the progressions or the connections that we need. Absolutely, Chris. I think one actionable item which coaches can try, and this really helped improve my coaching a lot, is start with 5v5, just like you said, but then don't plan anything after that. Give the guys a water break, and then you have one or two minutes to rapidly plan what's coming next. And you've got to communicate on the fly with your staff, and that really prepares you as the coach for coaching the game and actually scanning and seeing what is the problem. Is it a decision-making problem, or is it a technique problem, a technical problem that you need to work on? And I think LinkedIn, Chris, your idea of time and task, it's really... I think that has really had a big impact on me and how I run not just my player development sessions, but my team development sessions and came up with this idea of rapid fire bursts. And I I was just watching once an NBA workout and I was just looking at how the player would do a rep and then it would take 20 seconds sometimes until the next rep actually started. And I was thinking, you know, A, there was no decision-making in that, but then how actually game task representative, like game-like is that in terms of cardio element and actually what happens in the game, which is a constant uh, sequence of chaotic up and down possessions. So for coaches listening, bursts is basically take any concept. It could be one-on-one closeouts, three against two, pick and roll, two-on-two. But the offense will stay for a fixed time period. could be 45, 60 seconds. And they will play against the same defense every time. And sometimes I actually put the defense in teams. So as soon as, say it's, I don't know, three against two, we have the first two defenders going. And then as soon as the shot goes up, the next two defenders are immediately throwing the ball in and it's rapid fire, 60 seconds. And it is amazing, Chris, because it's, the even number of repetition without repetition they get in the 60 seconds. But then 
as a coach, I can't communicate and I, I can't stop and be like, do this, do that, because the time is ticking, balls are flying everywhere and players have to play through it, have a play present mentality and really connect on the fly to figure it out. And I think we've got a lot of bursts content coming because I know a lot of members have really enjoyed some of the stuff we've shared on that. I love the burst concept that you've pioneered and, and shared with us. And uh, you know, again, all this speaks back to, uh, I would say probably the thing that I do the most in consulting is helping coaches with their practice evaluation about how to improve their time on task, the active learning time for athletes, and then the coach's feedback pattern of delivery, like the things that they say in practice that really impact learning. And obviously a big part of that is just being quiet and uh, letting players figure it out and different things like that. So, you know, it's not all this games approach, small sided games, random practice. It's, it's all these kind of like other parts of teaching that apply. And to me, I learned this in the classroom. I mean, I learned this being in a classroom and saying, if I don't engage or entertain my students, then I'm not going to engage them in learning. And that's such a key part of this is that I almost have to entertain and engage them before I even worry about teaching them. And that concept applies to, again, athlete satisfaction and engagement. Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, we're known for our creative small-sided games and coaches can see all that on Twitter, but then it's, it's the rawness of the actual teaching footage you see on the site. And I actually think our main strengths are actually how we do give the feedback and speak to athletes. And it's interesting here in Italy, and obviously I was living in Madrid before, I think culturally, cultural constraints, uh, there's a lot of very loud feedback given in, in, in practices. Typically, you know, it's quite direct to athletes, and I'm very different to that. And it, it's been very interesting for me in my coaching to come into the environment here and give feedback in a totally different manner but it's been great because I think it really reaffirms to me how it's it's so critical to be patient with the learning process. And players don't try to make a mistake. And especially if you're doing difficult practices with games approach, et cetera, I think just giving them their own space and, and giving the feedback in a way which suits them and meets them at the level they're at is so important. That's great. Jen and I can, can attest to that because our experience in Sweden was exactly that about just being culturally different from a basketball perspective, not better, not worse, just different. And probably not till I did four clinics and not till really my third and fourth clinic that I really kind of get a feel for how to explain and phrase things in a way that resonated with them as coaches in their culture. And uh, that was such a cool part and uh, something that I've taken back to my coaching and my experiences I think that's a great point there, Chris, just about being aware of the environment you're coaching in. And like, for instance, you know, before I, I've, I've lived in three different countries now, Spain, Belgium, and now in Italy. And I just made a quick effort to actually learn the, about the environment I was in. I've read some basic history books, but then actually just figuring out, you know, what, is, what are the societal norms in these countries? And I think so many times, especially for coaches getting jobs in different countries, I think if you try and go in with the same approach that maybe you're familiar with or that works in your country, it might not necessarily work in the new environment that you're in. And I think having an understanding again of these constraints in a different kind of from a different perspective is so important. Well, coaches, you're missing out if you don't follow Alex on Instagram because yeah, I think the things that Jen and I take away the most is are the meals and, and the views. 
And then exactly that, that you share things about the history and about the place and about the culture that I've really enjoyed seeing it from your perspective as well. And it's not just the basketball, but it's all the things surrounding it as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely like eating well here. It's impossible to eat badly in Italy, though. In Italy, definitely. Um, one thing that I'm seeing as a theme that I want to just kind of pull out for awareness purposes is this concept of being open-minded. I think that's what you guys foster so well, is that you aren't trying to say your way is right or this is the thing. It's about being open. It's about trying new things, seeing how things work within the environment, within the players or the team or whatever it is that you're working within. And then the other piece that I think couples with that really well is this idea of being present and actually mindful. Like this is one of those things that I think I can remember back to hundreds of practices. I was probably, you know, worrying about this, thinking about that, just going there, doing my drills and leaving. And it's just such a different experience what you guys are describing. And I think if we can stay open as players, if we can stay open as coaches to seeing that, yeah, not only are there different cultural norms, but there are different things that we can bring into our coaching environment that may just accelerate our results or improve them so much if we just get out of our own way a little bit. So thank you too for getting out of your own way. (laughs) Well, Jen knows it's hard for me to get in my own way sometimes, but uh, such a great connection, Jen, and uh, like a quote, and I, I thought it was an Einstein quote originally, but I'm not even sure at this point, but it was be open minded, be curious, suspend judgment. And that's really how I've tried to approach my learning. And I, I mean, that quote was 25, 30 years ago when I was in school. And that really resonated with me is just this, I didn't even know the term divergent thinking, but this ability to be able to not intentionally think divergently to say, oh, I just want to be different, but to be able to really deeply think about what actually impacts player development, what actually impacts winning, what actually impacts the coach and athlete experience. And uh, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to truly meet the needs of your athletes and your community or whatever it may be without being open-minded, without being curious and without suspending judgment. Because I think we all go into it with our preconceived things. And uh, if we remove those, we're a lot better off. Yeah. And especially mm-hmm. if we want our players to be open-minded, it's got to start with us as the coaches because the players see that. And I think it's so important just to get the feedback from the players in practice. I mean, I, I did something two weeks ago. I was trying something new. I obviously I experiment a lot, but it was something that completely didn't work. It was some really complicated rotation or something. And it was just, it had such a load on the players working memory. They couldn't actually just perform the actual small side of game because they're thinking about rotations too much. And in a situation like that, just being open-minded enough to be like, guys, what do you think? Is this working? Is this not working? Okay. It's not working. Let's move on. Saved us like 10, 15 minutes wasted time. But across the whole season, that mounts up. And I think it's it's we've got to accept as coaches that it's perfectly natural to have players part of the process as opposed to it just being a dictatorship, so to speak. So true. So the exciting part is, and what you've been working on for a really long time, is the new updated and newly redesigned website. So I cannot wait for you to tell us a little bit more about that, Chris. Uh, Again, this was created in 2014. So, you know, they say every five years or so you should update your website. And, uh, you know, it was time. And, uh, you know, the pandemic definitely gave me extra time and extra focus to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, coaches that are going to see this, you know, launching and, and go check it out. It's uh, it's just a completely different website, isn't it, Alex? 
Yeah, and I think just to add to that, Chris, everything we do at Immersion is about how players can learn best. And I think with the new website, it's the way we've designed it is really tailored to how you as a coach can learn best. Um, I think the big change we have is all, a lot of our content has been put into online courses. So as opposed to watching the videos, which we still have, of course, we now have over 20 courses, which are all kind of uh, divided into modular sections, very easy to learn with videos, quizzes. It's very interactive. And really, it means that it makes the learning process so fun and enjoyable for coaches as they will go through the site and see all the material that we have on there. Well, modern coaching is is what we try and support. And then obviously, modern learning. And uh, I remember so much of this stuff that I learned uh, through various sources in 2014, just before we traveled the world, where Jen will remember, fondly or not, that uh, I spent a lot of days on the road working camps and doing different stuff, but I did a lot of time immersing and learning. And even back then, it just struck me how important online learning was and what what, what it was going to be. And, you know, the pandemic has sped that up for so many people. And, uh, you know, there's no better time for us to be able to launch this new design than now. Yeah, totally. I agree. I, I, you know, I want to take it back a minute just to give Alex his due respect, because I just got to say, Alex, we love you over here in the Oliver household, all the way across the pond. And, you know, we met you in person back in Windsor when we lived in Canada a number of years ago now. And it's just so funny to think how far we've come and how, how incredible you are as a coach, as a fit for Working together with Chris, I mean, you guys share so many similarities in your personalities, in your work ethic, in your philosophies. And it is just so funny to see how I think you guys have 20 year age difference, but you're so similar. And we're just so grateful that we found you. And uh, we just love everything that you do. So thank you, Alex. No, thank you so much. I, I have great memories of that trip driving around in the Mustang low rider yeah there you go to, to catch the pistons game so fun times <laughs> good times. <laughs> fun times and uh, i think the great the great part is um and this is really what we valued from sharing alex i know is that you've challenged me i've challenged you and we've both grown immensely and it, again not just the basketball side but the business side and then you know, Jen and I have an ongoing joke with with you and Mark Jablonski and Debbie Peterson and some other people, Brad Campbell, behind the scenes that support me and support basketball immersion that, you know, all of you, the BI Brain Trust, just every day throw ideas at me. And sometimes my head explodes, literally, and I can't handle all the excitement about all the ideas. And, you know, we can't do it all, but we have to figure out how to, you know, make the right decision for our end users, which are coaches and ultimately players. And uh, that that's not an easy process, but that's been a fun process. Yeah, I totally agree, Chris. And I think behind every great coach, team, and and business, those challenging conversations are critical. And everything's not going to be rosy and and great the whole time. And I think if you could really push each other to grow as as coaches and and business leaders, it's it's an awesome thing. Well, I think coaching and and the, the process of coaching really prepares us to be able to run this this business because it's, it's so, there's so many similarities and parallels to it. And, uh, you know, as, as I have learned to admire from you, Alex, it all starts from effort and, uh, the amount of effort that you put into this is, is tremendous. And I think that's what Jen definitely connects with when she talks about you is just, again, your, the effort you put into this. And, uh, she enjoys looking at our conversations. She's in part of our conversations every day because, 
Jen, Jen is an outstanding business uh, leader of her, of her own. And does she, she mentors other business people in other types of online businesses and businesses around the world. And, you know, she's our true expert behind the scenes that helps us so much. And uh, <laughs> I know she enjoys kind of hearing our banter. <laughs> I love it. I just dropped my emojis, my flames. I gave you some high fives. I'm like, yeah, guys. <laughs> uh, that's that's why you're an incredible muse, incredible supporter of uh, not just me, but so many people around the world that run online businesses as well. And and we'll get into that. Thank you. And I want to get back to the website because I know you guys have been working on it and this is so new compared to what you had before. I mean, there's an interface to listen to the podcast right on the site. What else is there that's right on the site that hasn't been there before? Well, Alex already talked about the course-based learning, which was a huge priority for us that we could kind of add words and images and video together to be able to help a coach progress through our learning and have it kind of in a one-stop shopping area if you want to learn BDT or the two-side break or different things like that. But uh, the, the enhanced video learning experience is really, I think, the part that I think coaches have, have talked about for a while that they wanted. And you know, that's the ability to be able to access, you know, video animated plays, search video tags and categories, speed up video playback, different things like that, that make their experience that much more better. And then Alex, I'd say the other part is just coaches wanted more networking and collaborating. And now we're hosting that all in our own online community where we've created our own opportunity for coaches to be able to have discussions within forums and to be able to create groups where they can connect with each other and collaborate and network. And that's been a huge part of what coaches have asked for, hasn't it, Alex? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. And, you know, we get so many messages every day about coaches asking for new work opportunities, camps, et cetera. And I think this now will be a complete one-stop shop, not just for coach education, but also making those connections. And coaches will be able to meet and develop relationships with coaches all over the world, which I think is incredible. And, uh, you know, improve mobile responsiveness. I mean, big shout out to uh, our developers that have worked so hard on their site, but uh, also the XPS platform, where now all members get integrated XPS platform as well, which, uh, you know, Alex, you can speak to that a little bit because you've used it a little bit more coaching this year. Can you talk about the value of that platform? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I've just almost gone through, I think it was almost 2,000 plays that you've done, Chris, over the last few years, uh, collating all of those. But I think, no, XPS is just what it offers as a platform. It's, I know a lot of coaches are on fast draw for their diagramming, but literally you can have everything on one software, not just diagramming, but animations, video analysis. And I'm actually going to be using XPS a lot for my program here next year to push things such as surveys to our players so that every day they answer a survey, how good was their sleep what's their mood you can do nutrition logs in, in bed strength and conditioning so it really is incredible just the whole scope of that xps platform well we're grateful for them and that's an add-on right now that's free until uh, august and then uh, at that point it's going to be again an affordable add-on where you can get a team part a, a team package or you can get an individual coach package as well but uh, it's been incredible and uh, that's been uh, a wonderful addition to what we do and then you know, the other part is just this ability to be able to, again, modernize learning where it's gamified, you can track your progress, achieve some certificates and different things like that, that, uh, you know, connect with coaches in terms of their competitiveness. Not that uh, Jen, I was ever competitive or all and would align with that at all. Right. But uh, the other part was um, for us, a glossary of terms. 
you know, and now if you go to a word on the website and you're not sure about it or you want more information, all you need to do is hover over it. And basically you get a video animated bubble that comes up and explains the term and can link to more information for you as well. Totally. And I think okay. just, look, just looking at the content itself, I think, you know, in the online age that, that we have and you can fire up Twitter and go on other websites and get so many ideas on what to teach. And we do all of that. And we have, you know, hundreds of small sided games and creative things. But the real focus, I think, and, and the thing which is most important to me right now is the how to teach and, you know, spending time on areas which are absolutely critical. You know, we had Doug Lemov on the podcast the other week, but how we're actually giving feedback, how we're designing practices, how we're doing debriefs. I think that to me is the art of coaching, which really goes under the radar. And I think that's really one of the, the biggest kind of positives and the biggest benefits that we're really offering on the, on the site. Well, it, it's definitely the part that aligns with me. And, uh, you know, there's, there's been some coaches occasionally that uh, say that some of our footage is a little too raw, but that to me is a compliment, right? Like that is what we want. We don't want to have this as being this mass edited product that you know, just shows you perfect reps and perfect coaching because it's absolutely not. This is a reflection of what real coaching is. And, uh, you know, that's why you'll see what you see. You'll see players missing. You'll see players making mistakes. You'll see us intervening in coaching. And that's always been something from the get-go that I wanted to share as authentically what we do. Yeah, the, the messy practice is good. And it's, it's really just reflective of what's happening in real life when we're out there on the court delivering these practices. Yeah, you guys did a really, really good job. And those countless hours that you've spent doing that and designing the how behind it, I think is where the real value is on the site. Yes. But I also think there's so much value in each of you as a person, as a coach. And I think that's something that we don't talk about as much in basketball immersion. I mean, Chris, we have had you fly to Sweden a couple of times. You've worked with federations in different countries. You've worked with NBA organizations, NCAA division one, two, three organizations. And you've done a lot of consulting with coaches as well as you have all around Europe and the globe, Alex. So Maybe you guys can tell us a little bit about what it is like to actually work with you in a one-on-one -on -one fashion. We're going to share a little bit more about how people can do that, but what is over and above checking out the site, getting into it, watching the videos, and then working with you one-on-one -on -one in that way like? Hey coach, I know I've told you about this before, but bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers award shows TV and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your sports book experts. Please use promo code ARMCHAIR at checkout. Hey coach, brief interruption to tell you about eBay sneakers. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you've been looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to get the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker sellers out there, 
eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. Well, for me, it comes back to what Alex already talked about, which is this this blessing that has been to connect with so many coaches and, uh, you know, develop our own network and our own database. I'll give you a quick example. A uh, NCAA Division One head coach uh, two days ago texted me, said, do you have any plays to attack a switch out on baseline inbound? He's a member of Basketball Immersion, somebody that has worked with me privately as well. And it was like, again, I was like, drop everything. 10 seconds. I can search through my database that Alex already talked about. And I sent them two options that I loved one that I actually used and another one that was uh, from another, another team. So just that type of connection and that type of relationship has been so, so fun to be able to connect and share. But uh, for me, most of it comes back to from the youth level on up to the NBA level. It's been about helping coaches again, not change what they do, but add to what they do to be able to say, you know, we're giving you a makeover in terms of how you apply these concepts and how they can help add to what you currently do. Absolutely. And I can speak a bit just to the work we do with consulting with organizations, Jen. I just finished a really fun project with the Swedish Basketball Federation. So that actually started in 2019 when, when Chris, you were there for the Super Clinic launch. And for us, it's just so exciting to see a federation wholly embrace a lot of the evidence-based ideas which we speak about here at Immersion. And I think truly, you know, one of the first federations in the globe to really place an emphasis on decision-making and constraints that approach, which is really exciting. So we, we're doing a lot, obviously, in Sweden, but then numerous clubs and other federations across the globe. Shout out to uh, Joe Reddish, an Immersion member in New Zealand. We're just uh, really excited to be working with his organization, Swish Training, and the Franklin Bulls in New Zealand. So really, we're just honored to be able to travel all across the globe and really just add value to coaches on a lot of these things and stimulate their thinking. And it's we don't necessarily want people to believe and, and just accept everything we say. And a lot of the consulting is we're really, like we spoke earlier, having challenging conversations and just encouraging coaches to think about what they can do to really maximize on transfer from everything they're doing from practices to the game. You guys do a really good job of that in that one-on-one setting because you can actually work with that team, work with that coach and implement, try out some things and have some fun along the way. So I really like that. And I know that you guys have both had really great success in that. So that's exciting. Yeah. And you, I mean, both of you have such an impact on people. I mean, through the podcast, I've seen the reviews, the emails, the comments, the tweets, all that stuff about how much people get out of the podcast and how much people learn at every level. And you do work with people at a youth level all the way through to the NBA. And I've gotten a chance to see you speak at many clinics. I've gotten a chance to fly around with you all over and witness you. And actually, one of the things that stands out to me is how you are received in these places. Um, It's pretty funny to go to a clinic for somewhere with you and just see the fandom that comes behind you. And as your wife, I'm very proud and very excited. I don't think everybody listening to the podcast knows how 
hilarious it is to see you receive accolades and praise for someone who is so humble, Chris. It's quite funny. And actually, I have a funny story. There was an NBA game that we went to together and we were hanging out before the game, just watching the warm up. And this was so funny. Chris was summoned by an assistant of a head coach to come under the stands and meet him because he really wanted to meet Chris in person because he listened to his podcast. And this assistant informed us this coach never comes out before an NBA game to meet with someone. And Chris went over and I got to go over too. And um, it was just so cute because he really was a fan. And Chris was so humble and just didn't even really realize what was going on because he was a fan in reverse of the NBA coach. So it was pretty cute. And it's really awesome to see the impact that you have at every level, Chris and Alex. Oh, just all of these experiences. I mean, you, you, Jen said it. I mean, it, it's not what I got in here for is to uh, obviously get recognized. And if anything, it's one part I enjoyed about leaving my coaching job is that I'm not recognized in the community mm-hmm. anymore. But uh, it's it's been humbling. It, it's just been grateful. And uh for me, again, it's been about these conversations and uh, this surprises people a lot when I talk to them, but you know, I'm, I'm an introvert. Like I'm not this, like Jen is the extrovert. She's the one that's social and she's out there. And, uh, but definitely it's been so amazing for me to be able to connect and talk to these people. And, uh, you know, Alex, it's, it's just so easy to talk about basketball, isn't it for us? So easy. And it's all those basketball conversations, which kind of have led to what we're doing now and especially where I'm coaching this season. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about that, Alex. It's awesome what you're doing over there. Absolutely, Jen. So, I mean, I've always had a very uh, romanticized view of Italy, you could say. I mean, I I studied a bit of Italian history at university. And, you know, when the opportunity came up to take the lead on player development here at Pallacanestro College Basket, it was a really exciting uh, gig. So we're based 40 minutes outside Milan in the north of Italy. And next year, I'm actually going to be creating a prep program, which is very new in Europe. We don't see that. And really, the goal is going to be to help players uh, get to that next level. And whether that's playing NCAA or playing professionally in Europe, I really want to create a a transformational environment, but combine that with high-performance coaching. I think, to be honest, when, when we look at a lot of elite development within Europe, um, I think a lot of the environments are quite transactional in terms of very, very much looking at the players as players, as opposed to looking at the people first. And I really want to show what you can do where you combine all the evidence-based stuff that we do at Immersion. But when you also combine that with a lot of other elements, such as af- uh, athletic development based on constraints that approach, mindfulness, nutrition, um, education, life skill sessions. And I'm really, really excited just to see the impact we'll be able to have on, on the Barcelona world and the players that come where we can train in a consistent way year round with this approach. Well, it's such a holistic approach and uh, it's, it's going to be so fun. And I know every member of basketball immersion and every person in the world that follows you on social media has been the beneficiary of you working with college prep because you've been able to share things and show things and uh, continue really sharing during, you know, the pandemic where a lot of us were shut down. So it, it's been amazing. And I know so many members have just been so grateful for the shares that you've been able to put up in the membership area because of your experience. Oh, I appreciate that, Chris. I think next year it's going to be so exciting. I mean, literally we're going to document everything and, I think partly that really helps me kind of with my development 
that I'm going through as a coach. I, I really like filming everything, watching everything back, making plans, writing plans. And I think we'll be able to share that with the Barcelona world. And I think coaches will be able to see our growth here at Prep with the coaching staff I have. They'll be able to see us grow as coaches just as much as the players. Well, I'm glad you said that. I mean, that's such an important part of this because I know many coaches are tired of simply consuming more content online. And, uh, you know, essentially we don't need more information. We need specific outcomes as coaches to be able to improve. So, you know, there's many websites that'll provide you ideas on what to teach with a massive content dumping. But our basketball immersion membership community, it shares what to teach too, but with a focus on how to teach and clear strategies and direction. And uh, I think that's going to be the unique part about being able to follow you through that experience of uh, running this prep program is that, you know, from, from the simplest little thing to the biggest thing, you're going to be able to share authentically what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. And the world of basketball is so small now, thanks to online and how you guys have created these pieces that you can spread around the world and do in different ways. So it's really neat what you guys are doing. Now, one of the other things that I know you're doing, and Chris has been doing these forever. I think before I even met him, he already was running camps around Ontario and Canada. And you guys are running a camp in Poland this year. I want to hear about that. Well, I'm yeah. going to let Alex talk about that. But, uh, you know, what a, what a cool thing. Like, just to think that at this point, we're running a camp in Poland. And it's just the beginning. I mean, we've been how many people have reached out to us about running camps and then doing some different partnerships and different things. But uh, Jen's right. Like basically when I was 25, I started running camps, COBA, Chris Oliver Basketball Academy, which we never said the full words, but COBA. And then that led to an opportunity for me to be able to work, uh, you know, with breakthrough basketball in the United States, uh, Jeff and Joe Hefner and uh, Dustin Pearson. I mean, just incredible. The opportunities and the experience that I've had, working with kids and players from all over now the world and the learning experiences that come from that. And uh, I'm grateful for that, but uh, man, I'm fired up for this Poland camp, Alex. Oh, it's so exciting. Really. I just, we just want kids to be able to come to this camp and, and say, this was the best camp I've ever attended. And we want it to be a transformational experience for them. So, I mean, we have two weeks residential camp. First week's going to be open to players 13 to 19 from all over the world. And then the second week's a bit more uh, focused on elite prospects, age 15 to 23, especially young players here and here trying to, you know, make that breakthrough to the pro ranks. And I think the coaching staff we have, it's, it's so cool to see because it's really all members of the basketball immersion community worldwide coming together for this. And I, what I love is I think it's the fact that, you know, like-minded people, we're all like-minded coaches and people, and we all care about, all the concepts we're so passionate about at Immersion and really just giving the kids uh, an amazing experience and learning in a really, really uh, rich learning environment. My camp philosophy really started again from me as a young person and going to these camps and what I really valued, and I, I believe all players value this, is they want someone that will challenge them to improve. And that's ultimately why they go to a camp. They don't go to a camp just to be kept happy right? To play knockout, bump, lightning, whatever it is, and play games. Like it's, I go to a camp because I want to get better. And that's really how we've approached camps ever since we've run them. And this camp is going to be no different, right? And uh, I don't know if this is a personality trait is a strength in everything I do, but remove the fluff has definitely been a part of my philosophy in terms of camps. And like, 
let's get down to it. Let's get to work. Let's get better. And, uh, you know, we're going to challenge you. And, you know, that's part of this process that, uh, that I love about camp. Definitely. And we're going to do a lot of unique things. I think, you know, you look at a conventional camp schedule and it's long hours, stations, five on five games. We're really thinking of a completely different format. And, you know, it'll be lots of off-court learning uh, learning chances to do workshops, mindfulness sessions, athletic development, and then things such as uh, Battleship for the uh, immersion members who are familiar with that. Well, 3v3 Battleship will replace the traditional summer league. So I'm really excited to see some of the unique things that we roll out for those events. Well, it's a big part of our philosophy is to make players active participants in their learning. And, and that applies to, you know, coaches as well in terms of how we approach things is like, you know, the, the whole point of basketball immersion from the beginning was, is that you immerse yourself in your learning. This isn't a month. This isn't a week. Like if you truly want to adapt some of the ideas we share that you have to immerse yourself. And that's why the full learning experience, full year learning experience is so valuable. And, uh, you know, the, the camp and the website and then all the consulting and all the clinics we do. I mean, it's all based on that same philosophy is that we want to give real value. And uh, Jen, you've taught me that. You've taught me what value is and, and, and those different things that go with it. And, uh, you know, and Jen brings tremendous value as well. And uh, I want her to quickly talk about that as well in terms of the Immersion Incubator, which we started this year and we ran it for a number of coaches around the world to be able to learn not just how we run our business, but the ideas for them to be able to stimulate and run their own businesses as well. Thank you. Yes. I mean, one of the things I'm most passionate about is helping people to create things that they wish existed or let their expertise be a ticket to freedom for them in an online business format. For me, I started my first podcast in 2008 and I became really passionate about connecting with people worldwide. I mean, Chris, you'll remember back then it was like people were messaging me from Saudi Arabia and telling me how my podcast was impacting them. And I was like, this is so cool. And I just, I remember the first time I was able to check my email outside of my house on my little, you know, smartphone. And I was like, wow, I can help people. I can really help people. And so for me, I have been for the last almost seven years now, helping clinician entrepreneurs create online businesses, helping them connect online with people around the world with their expertise, whatever their expertise is. And so what we decided to do last year, Chris and I was create a course specifically for sports coaches. And this gave us an opportunity to teach them some of the concepts and some of the things that we did that we've learned and that I've been coaching people on for the last seven years to create their own online brand, to create their own online business, to help coaches in whatever way they are an expert in. Because one of the things that we know about coaches is that it is almost commonly known that it's a volunteer position or you'll be paid pennies on the dollar and you'll give up your life for this job. And so what I really, really you are value my ears with that, right? Yeah. You are the one that's championed that in my life for sure. Yeah. And, you know, when we devalue ourselves, we devalue the impact that we can have. And then we aren't able to actually have as big of an impact. And I watched you year in and year out impact that core 15 people or whoever was on your team. And that was all well and good. And you had a lot to share with those peeps. But 
there was a lot more to share with a lot more people. And you, both of you are the type of people and so many of the coaches that we worked with in the incubator last year were the type of people who they go above and beyond. They want to learn. They want to seek. They want to make things easier on themselves, on their players, on other coaches. And the things that were created in the incubator last year was incredible. So it was a course and it was a coaching, coaching sessions where we got to actually talk through the ideas and how help individuals implement them and create things. So it was really, really fun. We are going to be running another one again in the next couple of months. So keep your ears tuned for that because we are always looking for amazing coaches to work with. And people have who have ideas of something that they can create and get out into the world, don't keep that stuff inside. Just get it out there and we can show you how. So it's pretty fun. Well, I can talk about that experience because you know even having a supporter like you in the household, I at first turtled when it came to launching basketball immersion because, you know, I saw somebody else doing something and I thought, oh, well, they're doing it already. And, uh, you know, the clarity and the, you know, the, the big push and I said multiple pushes from you and different things like that of, you know, again, bravery. You talk about that a lot, like putting yourself online. It, it's there it requires a certain bravery. And, uh, you know, it's worth it. And we already have a number of those people who worked with us that are making money online and have launched their businesses. And uh, it's just so gratifying to be able to see that. And, uh, you know, Alex, you've seen the firsthand development from learning from Jen and learning from me about the business side, the online world side as well. Yeah. And I, I think the incubator is kind of where the idea for the BDT offense too originated. Um, and, and that was really our goal, our idea, Chris, to just help coaches uh, with provide a complete idea for developing a conceptual offense from scratch, regardless of the age, regardless of the level from high school to pro. And, you know, I, I had the idea because I kind of came up with it as I was going through the struggle as a coach of identifying what to do in, in the club environment I was, I was working in at the time. And you know, a lot of, I, I was keeping the ideas to myself and then the incubator that really just made me realize, well, Hey, a lot of coaches would benefit from this. Um, and I mean, it's, it's been three years of research, putting that together, but really, you know, my lifetime of studying and everything I've done since I started coaching at 14. And I think sometimes so many coaches and so many people have great ideas and it's just being able to have some help to give you the final push to get that idea out there. And, get it out to the world can be so beneficial. Yeah. So beneficial. I can't wait for the BDT offense that's coming soon coaches uh, where you're going to be able to follow from beginning to end how to install, you know, basically a conceptual approach to coaching from structured to unstructured and, uh, you know, follow a lot of the paths that we lay out in basketball immersion as members and uh, to be able to follow these concepts. And it's going to be exciting as well. And uh, you know, Jen, back to you. I mean, people probably don't realize this, but uh I've said this to you many times that you have one video on YouTube that has over a million views, how to love yourself to the core. And uh, just again, just a great example of if you create good content and that's what we've always focused on with basketball immersion is the content piece, not, you know, not the used car salesperson's sales or the, you know, the jazzy things it's content, content, content. And, you know, Jen's example of just her YouTube video and her TEDx talk, just, I mean, over a million views, it's incredible. 
Thank you. Thank you. And you know what? It's the, and what you're a good example of, you too, is the consistency that is required. And I think you mentioned the brave, you know, courageous personality you might have to have to get out there online and the support that is needed. But the truth is, is it is the mindset of showing up consistently when someone doesn't like your photo, when someone doesn't comment or share those are the hard days, right? When everything's all good and people are loving you, it's good. And you think, oh, wow, it's so hard to get there. But I think the biggest thing you overcame to start basketball immersion was that idea that, hey, someone else is already out there doing it. And we've all had that conversation. I mean, I, one of my biggest forays into the online space was in the area of fitness and the mom area. Those two are hugely saturated in terms of content. And at the same time, if you have a voice, if you have a passion, if you have a mission that you are on to help people that really comes from a place of caring and experience and love and all that stuff, it's just about staying consistent and trusting that you can be the one to do it. So there's a lot of mindset pieces. And I think Chris and Alex, you two having each other um, is a really, really key part of it because being a solo entrepreneur is a tough gig. And anyone who's starting out, that there's way more tough days than good days. And when you have someone who's in your corner, you have someone who keeps patting you on the back, reminding you, you are good, keep doing it. It's going to catch on and all that stuff. It's such a key piece. So it's it's beautiful to see the partnership you guys have. Thank you. Well, I have two now. So with you and Alex and the, you know, the BI brain trust and just so many people, I mean, it's, it's, it's been very rewarding, but as Jed said, it's that stick with itness. I mean, that's the number one thing to, you know, we've talked about this, Jen, but the passion and effort align, you can do really amazing things when your passion and effort align. And, and that's the thing. A lot of people have a passion, but they don't necessarily put the effort into it or vice versa. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm grateful for my passion and effort align. And I just love sharing. And, uh, especially in the coach education piece that is always aligned with me, just, just being able to coach coaches. And, uh, the, the part that I'll say about coaching coaches is that we know the greatest player development is coach development. We support and stimulate changes in you as a coach. And I think that's the piece that people, you know, in, invest in is they invest in player development through their own development. And that's sometimes not understood as well. And uh, Jen, I guess the other part that's not understood as well that maybe you can talk about is investing. Investing, investing in ourselves specifically, I think is a big one. And I know this took, this took a while to um, let's say convert you even to this concept, because as someone who is, very independent, I will say. And I think a lot of coaches are really independent because they're jack of all trades. They have to do all the things all the time. They have to be all these different hats that they have to wear. And I think there's a certain level of, I can figure it out myself. I can do it myself. And, and we don't think about, Hey, let me pay someone who's already done this or who has the knowledge and let them help me, right? Asking for help itself is hard. And then putting money out there and saying, yes, I'm going to invest this in myself and I am worth it. It's a really big deal. And we will spend a lot of money on a lot of different things, but they often are not on our own personal development or business development. And definitely it's the number one way that you can help yourself as a coach. I mean, I am consistently shocked by the fact that Basketball immersion is only $247 for a whole year membership. This is like so much value chalked in there. And 
it's still one of those things that we we aren't completely sure if we're going to use it. Are we going to do it? Are we going to get benefit from it? And it's such a natural thing for us to doubt that. But I think what you have created in the site, especially the new updated site, guys, is this idea of it is just about immersing yourself. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and to give the Basketball Podcast and this week's guest a shout out on social media to show your support for us sharing the game. And to stay up to date on all things basketball immersion, subscribe to our newsletter at basketballimmersion.com newsletter.